0: Welcome to Dog Talk and Kitties Too. I'm Tracy Hotchner. I wrote the Dog Bible, everything your dog wants you to know, as well as the Cat Bible, everything your cat expects you to know. This episode features one of the three guests who were part of my weekly hour-long NPR show, broadcast over the air every Sunday on WLIW-FM 88.3, the only NPR station on Long Island, where it is broadcast continuously for 15 years. This show is about dogs, cats, and other creatures who share the planet with us. Please check out my other Pet Talk podcasts at tracyhotchnerpets.com. I'm also the founder and director of the annual New York Dog Film Festival, which travels the country supporting local animal welfare groups after a New York City premiere every October, alongside my annual New York Cat Film Festival brought to you by Dr. Elsie's. This show would not be possible without the longtime support of Waruva, the pet food company founded and privately run by David Foreman, who named it after his rescued kitties, Webster, Rudy, and Vanessa. Waruva is a quirky name for a company with whimsical names for the dozens of different cans and pouches of cat food they make. But what sets them apart is how serious David is about high-quality nutrition. They were the first pet food company to use human edible ingredients and process them in the same facilities that make human food, remaining privately owned and run, accountable only to their own high standards. This show was also made possible with the generous support of Dr. Elsie's, the privately owned litter and cat food company founded by Dr. Bruce Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian. He personally created many styles of litter to make sure that even the fussiest cats would not have out-of-litter box problems, the number one reason people abandon their cats. Dr. Elsie also created his own brand of cat food called Clean Protein, the first dry cat food I can recommend because it's based on the protein found in a cat's natural prey. I'm also grateful to Earth Animal, which is privately owned by Dr. Bob and Susan Goldstein, where they create holistic pet wellness products with an emphasis on their stewardship of the Pet Sustainability Coalition. Earth Animal makes a dazzling array of healing products for dogs and cats, as well as the innovative dog chew, no hide, and the hybrid dry food, Wisdom, which is sometimes all that my picky on or Maisie will eat. I am so thrilled and delighted, but a little bit sorry that it took me 10 years to find Spencer Williams, the man behind Westpaw, which is just a fabulous dog toy company. But it turns out it is fabulous for a much deeper, more profound, important reason, which is why it's the 10th anniversary of them being a certified B Corp. Spencer, welcome to the show, but honestly, bad on me for not having known that the, that the, the man behind the curtain of Westpaw wasn't just making very cool, dog-friendly dog toys, but you were doing all this good for society and the environment, and oh my God, how did I not know that? You're, you're mm-hmm. the standard bearer for the pet industry.
1: Tracy, you're very, very kind. It's my honor to be on this call with you and on this interview. Thank you so much. It's Ten years or today, it's all good. Well, so thank you. It's
0: very good, and I learned about it from Steffi Volo, who does the sustainability <laughs> stuff for Earth Animal, and she said that you know you had been a kind of beacon of light, leading them to become a B Corp. And even though we've talked about it before on the show, she and I and and David Yaskulka and I and other people in the industry who who care about it, I guess was Ben and Jerry's the first B Corp, or is that just me being late to the party?
1: Hmm. Well, if 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 those of us who have an affinity for Vermont lean on Ben and Jerry's as one of the first B corps, that's okay. But it's not <laughs> totally true. There was actually a a founding group of B corps that all came together, and those founding uh, B corps, actually quite a lot of folks from Vermont. And um and the the fact that there's a there's a, Ben Jerry's right in the mix, King Arthur Flour, uh, King Arthur baking. I mean, there's lots of good companies there. But the B corp movement started with. These founding B Corps. And um, if one goes to bcorporation.net, they can get some information on, on who were those founding members. We joined as a certified B Corp in 2013. And so the movement was really in its infancy. It was uh, yes. six or seven years in, 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 in uh, existence at that
0: time. But it was – I'm imagining while you were, you could only have been doing it for high-minded reasons, there's only an altruistic reason to become a B Corp. There's not any like hidden agenda. Well, you know, I'll get gold stars on my report card for being one. You do it because <laughs> it really matters to you. But does it cost more money for you to do it? Even though I understand that the value to society may not have a monetary price tag on it. It looks to me, I looked at the video that you made on your 10th anniversary, which it was five minutes ago, it looks like it's expensive to do. But it, am I wrong?
1: Well, the, the B Corp assessment is um, a free assessment that anybody can take online. Um, it applies to any business of any size uh, around the world in multiple languages. And so the assessment itself is free. Um, then if, if one chooses to certify as a B Corp, then the company would then pay an annual fee for the um, upkeep of the assessment, the progress that it continues to make to make the assessment better and better and more stringent as well, but also to support the whole community of of the B Corp movement. And that um, cost is at B Corporation.net. It's not particularly expensive for a smaller company and thankfully for the larger companies who can pay a larger share. um, It does cost a few dollars. So it is not the biggest expense for Westpaw of being a certified B Corp. I think when I, if I purely talk about expense, Tracy, it would just be that we have to do the assessment, which takes staff time to put that together, my involvement and whatnot. And yet, you know, for every cost there is in business and life, Tracy, there's, there's huge benefit, right? And so take, for example, the amount of time that our staff and myself have to spend on getting the assessment done every three years. That's an important cost element. However, here's the benefit. All of our staff who do that work, and we do that internally rather than hiring a consultant, because we want the benefit of learning about the business. We want to understand how Westpaw is performing on that assessment, what questions we're earning points for and which questions we're, we're not earning points for. And when the team understands the depth of the business as it relates to the B Corp impact assessment, then we can decide make conscious decisions about what the business should do differently in the years ahead. And only through that depth of work and that time investment and that expense, as I put it, do we get the tremendous benefit of understanding how do we drive Westpaw to be an even stronger force for good in the future. So I
0: really didn't mean that I meant hard dollar costs. (laughs) Like you're making these really cool dog fetch toys but you're making them from plastic that would wind up in the ocean. Now I imagine that you could have made it made the toys in some way that involved lots of oil products or wound up having discard that wound up in the ocean, so to speak. Is it not more expensive to to keep something from winding up in harm's way or recycling something actually dollars more expensive or not? That's a
1: really great question. Yes, there are definitely more dollars that go into creating the product that we do um, both from the raw material development standpoint and the production um, and the recycling systems that we create to take back the toys from consumers yes. and, and retailers it has some costs to it. We do everything we can to offset those costs. All right. I mean, in my mind is that, there's always going to be some puts and takes in how we run the business. But if we can think about how to capture the, um, some savings from those costs, I'll give you a good example, Tracy is we have in many of our best retailers, a toy recycling box. It's a Corgid oh, really? box. Really? Yeah. A consumer can drop toys in there, our toys in particular, and the retailer can do the same. They go into this box and inside that cardboard box is another box that gets shipped back to us. Right. So when we get a bulk shipment of toys back, that lowers the carbon impact of, of getting the toys back onesie twosie, right? So we've got a whole like box that comes um, by ground delivery. And we intentionally have a system to clean and sanitize those box, those toys in our facility and regrind those toys to recycle them. Now you might say that the story stops there, right? So that's a really nice story because you're recycling them in your own factory. Um, Yes. Uh because our material is so highly valuable, meaning it's it's a super great material, F D A approved, free of latex. Oh, I see because it goes stuff.
0: in the dog's mouths all the time. It can't it, it be off gassing chemicals, which is something right. people don't think about when they put human tennis balls in their dog's mouth, which really I don't think belong in their mouth, but separate story.
1: They don't you're saying even we the rubber the kind of, of toys
0: you make are are F D A approved, whereas dog toys in general don't get FDA approval. They're just toys. Right, right.
1: You're right, Tracy. By using an FDA-compliant material like we do and our processing being all human-grade, that makes sure that what the dog is chewing on is safe for the dog, right? Wow. From, a, from a chemical standpoint, it doesn't have any it's bad chemicals, not off-gassing. And as I mentioned, the recycling piece you would think stops simply at the point of recycle, but the, here's the benefit. To create all of the, that value and the safety in our material, makes our material high premium. So when we recycle it internally here and turn it into new toys, we're actually offsetting the purchase of new material, right? We're actually yes, trying to sure. save some cost. And so by being a domestic manufacturer right here in Montana, making our own product in the facility that I'm sitting in right now, we have proven over the 27 year history that manufacturing our own product in the U.S. is not only safer, but it also keeps the supply chains closer and lowers the carbon impact of the product, and it gives us total control over that recycling loop, helping to control our costs. So that's a little bit about why we think recycling our own product is so important.
0: It's a, it seems like a unique idea, and yet one of those slap yourself on the forehead. Yeah, of course, that makes perfect <laughs> sense. But if you're outsourcing your products to China, which is everybody's sort of whipping boy, right? But I mean, in China, the oversight of chemicals... I mean, sort of what doesn't have chemicals in it in China, the poor Chinese people, the poor Chinese water, the poor Chinese land, that oversight, as the little that one understands as a lay person, there isn't much of it, whether it's in mineral vitamin supplements or other things that they make. But certainly something that goes in the mouth of a dog who has a short lifespan, so therefore I would think that putting toxic, possibly toxic chemical Quantities in their mouth and having them gnaw on it, probably not optimal or not it's something we we haven't been taught to think about. I mean, Completely. it's it, and I've been following West Paw. You've
1: got to have the safest thing for your dog, right? I mean, yeah. these, these dogs are are part of our family, and when we think about you know maybe of buying something that's cheap and disposable, they're just going to chew it up. You have to be really careful about. Do you know where that product came from? Do you know what glues are used on yes. that product? Do you know what the base material is? Or is it off-gassing? Bad stuff. You know, we want to take care of our dogs to make sure they have this long life and create joy for them every day we possibly can. And by knowing where products come from is really, really important. So while well, some people would say, well, don't buy anything from China. Um we're certainly not in that camp. We're saying Hey, know where your product comes right, from. The closer know. you can buy it from home, the, the closer it is to the supply chain. If you can trust a company, then you can verify the materials are safer for your dog. And coming back to the certified B Corp thing, Tracy, this is so important because good marketing can be told by any company. But when you go through a rigorous third-party assessment, like the B Corp assessment, the consumer now has a higher level of confidence that what they're buying is good product from a good company. And that for dog products is so important to us. So that's why we think, yeah, buy product you understand is safe for your dog's mouth. It's so important to keep the dog healthy.
0: But the thing that I, you know, you're obviously not an alarmist kind of company. Like if you're, if you don't know where the ingredients came from that go in your dog's mouth, you should. I feel bad being the kind of I like to be the canary in the in the gold mine and and or coal mine depending I guess the gold mines have need canaries mm-hmm. too not just the gold <laughs> <Okay>. mines. <But laughs> I'm <with> you, <laughs> I, I would like you know I talk about environmental uh, insults to dogs and I've talked to a number of really great doctors recently in charge of big cancer registries, Dr. Craig Clifford, the Take Charge Registry. And then I had him come back and we talked about what are the causes of cancer. Okay, I don't think it's the food. I will never think it's the food. That seems to be where the finger gets pointed. But environmentally, there's lots of things, toxic sprays and and uh, insect sprays. I never thought of the toys. And I feel stupid, Spencer, because They're putting it directly in their mouth and not for a short amount of time over and over and over. And if you have toxic plastics and rubber, they don't like get safe after the dog has them for X amount of days or weeks or they fall in the pool. They're just toxic Mm -hmm. forever, like toxic chemicals are forever. I just think we all should have been told this sooner. So like with other things like nutrition and whatever the other things are that we do to and for and with our dogs we should have all been having like a neon sign if it goes in their mouth <laughs> do you know what it's made of so you were so I onto didn't it. actually You're right think on. Of we this. have to be aware yeah mm-hmm. and it, it and then everyone makes their own choice okay I'm going to buy this inexpensive quick toy online have no idea of its origins but you know, Barry, my dog, destroys all his toys anyway, so what the heck? Well, I mean, he's probably ingesting some of them. The other thing that, that was in your video that I thought was really cool was that your toys are almost handmade. So you have these people on a very small assembly line, and they take the the, the rubber toys out of a mold, maybe six at a time, it looked like. And then somebody else with a little knife cuts off all the little extra edges and the rough edges. I'm like, oh, my God, hand-finished toys. I mean, you don't, you don't promote that, but I was really impressed. Is that something that uh, you just are an attention to detail kind of company?
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, we're, we're full of, of dog lovers at this company. I mean, we have dogs here every single day um and because we're an integrated company meaning we do everything from product development to manufacturing to sales and customer service all in one building people really are detail-oriented because we understand that we're delivering the world's best safest toys to parents around the world yeah that's our job and so you're right we when we mold our toys sometimes there might be a little tiny um, flash piece hanging off that's called flashing and they'll just take a nipper and hand hand trim that off. We want our products to look premium because we think that's really important for the consumer. But here's the other piece is all those little barbs that stick off toys, they can be an oral fixation for dogs which creates a a sense of more desire to to attack the toy, to try to chew the toy Mm up. And you're right, dogs will ingest anything. And they can chew up anything. So people have to be very, very careful about what they give their dog, right, free of yep. toxins and free of off-gassing and things like this. But they also have to be careful that if a dog were to ingest a part of our toy, anybody's toy, that's going through their digestive system. And you want to be really careful that doesn't happen. Yep. And if it does, again, to your point earlier, Tracy, you know what material you're, you're giving your dog. <laughs>
0: what they're swallowing. Yeah. Um, so, But also, any toy has to be monitored. You don't just leave a dog of any age alone with a basket of toys. People think that's a good thing to do. Most dogs are bored to death by the toys that sit in the basket. Even bones, real animal bones that sit in the basket, unless you're interacting with them around it. But it is something. They say it about rawhide-type chews, or the no-hide from Earth Animal, that you have to be there while they're chewing it, or bully sticks, or anything like that. And you should. Because they're going to bite off pieces and maybe it gets stuck in their throat and maybe it gets stuck further down. But you need to be there. You don't don't just give it and walk away. I guess that the other thing that I really loved about the company is that the B Corp aspect is that everyone in the company is encouraged to do community service and do all these good deeds. I can't imagine you have much turnover. I looked at it and I thought, so if you worked for a company that was a B Corp doing good and doing things really well for the planet and the people, why wouldn't you want to stay there and feel good about what you're doing every day and not look at a dumpster out back full of detritus and refuse that you feel bad or guilty is just going to wind up in a landfill and then you get paid time to go and do good in your community? It's kind of fabulous, Spencer, I just have to say. What a great <laughs> environment you've created.
1: Oh, Tracy. We just, we, you know, the, the environment is created by amazing people here. We are so fortunate to have the people of Westpaw make this company great. They think about it every day. And we have employees who have been with us 25, 26 years I now. gathered.
0: I, I got that um, feeling. Yeah.
1: It's a, it's an absolutely awesome thing. And we have, you know, this, this ability with, the folks that we have here to create a culture that is really welcoming and affirming to people who come in that are new with the company as well. Um we've got our newest employee just joined on on the 7th of August actually, brand really, new and, and feeling very very comfortable here. It's so we really have people wonderful. who have been working here since 1997 all the way to to a few weeks ago, but the, the thing about company culture is that it allows us to make decisions in our business that are much more thoughtful and holistic in thinking about the whole business because we get everybody's input. Yes. We're an you, it open is book a team. Company.
0: It is a family.
1: It's a team. Spencer, yeah. we have run and so out of we time. We make those decisions as a family owned and a, a family feeling business. We make decisions together so we can move the business towards the best outcome in the future, serving our customers well, and creating joyful connection.
0: It sounds so wonderful. So it is
1: a pretty cool spot.
0: Unfortunately, we've run out of time, and I hope that you'll come back before your 20th anniversary and with, we'll talk with, more about the goodness of a B Corp. Westpaw is quite amazing. So are you. I hope more country companies will follow and countries will follow in your footsteps. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Glad to be here, Tracy. Thank you very, very much.
0: I hope you enjoyed the show. There's a few more special companies that make the show possible, and I hope you'll try their products because they support my mission to entertain you with valuable information and advice. I want to thank Wonderside, founded by a woman entrepreneur who discovered an effective natural way of using plant-powered products to repel fleas, ticks, and other parasites on our pets instead of putting toxic chemicals in or on them. Wonderside makes it possible to protect your pets, children, and property without the chemicals that could be harmful to all of us. The show is also underwritten by Evermore Pet Food, privately owned by two dedicated women who take human edible, ethically sourced ingredients and gently cook dog food that is then frozen in pouches and shipped right to your door. They founded and run their own company and answer only to their own high standards. Finally, we supported by Magic Fabric Pet Throws, developed by a husband-wife team whose expertise in the textile industry solved the problem of their big, hairy dog, Molly, who got on the couch in bed with them despite her wet fur, muddy paws, and shedding. Sound familiar? They created machine-washable Magic Fabric Pet Throws to trap pet hair, dirt, and moisture, letting you enjoy dog and cat cuddle time without sacrificing your clothes, furniture, or decor. You can buy direct from the creators at magicfabric.com.